0: Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. I am Kim Massingale, I am Pastor Mel's wife. And um, he is taking a little break, which I am thrilled about. He's taking a staycation. He'll be back next weekend. Um, but how many of you know our senior pastor needs some rest? And that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. And so um I got started running a fever on Friday and have a nasty whatever it is. That's why I'm not shaking hands today. You can thank me later. Um <laughs> But I, I was really worried that I wasn't going to get to preach and that he was going to have to pinch hit for me, which he would have. But I'm thankful he gets the time off. And for him, a staycation works. Um, if I take a staycation, I see all of the dust and all of the dishes and all of the laundry, and he magically sees none of it. I don't. It's a miracle. <laughs> I don't know how. He's awesome, though. I love them very much. Um, So I get to bring the Word of God to you today, and I very much see it as something that I get to do. Um, I am honored that I get to bring the Word of God to you today. And so we have been in the um, book of Ephesians for the last few weeks, and and so I'm going to be talking about Ephesians 4, 1 through 16 today. So, if you missed the other sermons, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them online and get caught up. Um, The first three chapters of the book of Ephesians are powerful, and they are to teach us what God did for us on the cross, the grace that we couldn't um, earn, the grace that we couldn't work for, the grace that we didn't deserve, that he freely gave us. And um, the final three chapters, which we're going to dive into today— part of them, the beginning of them, teaches us, okay, now that you understand what Christ did for you, here is what your responsibility is. And um, and so that's what we're going to dive into right now. And um, Mel talked about it last week, but he Paul closes out chapter 3. Paul is new to church paul is was an apostle he's who wrote the book of ephesians and um he closed out chapter 3 of ephesians with a prayer for the people which i've already quoted and many christians if you've been in church for any length of time know it that god will far do far more than you could ever ask or imagine and i think that this is key here because paul is reminding us that In your wildest dreams whatever you could ask god for he can go above and beyond and it's him that does the work in us like you can't conjure up enough um belief you can't conjure up enough um, things good things to say about yourself you can't conjure up enough strength to do the things that he's asking you to do it's him that does the work in you and he can go above and beyond and do you know why he does that do you know why he goes above and beyond if we let him it's so he gets the glory because he wants to be able to say he wants people to be able to say about you man i know that kim couldn't do that on her own because i know her you know but that must be god that's what you want people to say about your life for them to be able to look at you and say, man, I know Steph, but God, but God is using her in an incredible way that, you know, that she can't do on her own. That's what you want God doing in your life. And so um, in chapter four, I said it in the last, um, last service, wow, I was struggling for that word. <laughs> That Todd, Pastor Todd always says, anytime you see the word therefore, you have to pay attention to what it's there for. Yeah, that's like old school preacher preaching. And Todd's, Todd's only a few years older than me, but he gets old school sometimes. Um, but Paul starts off the chap, chapter 4 with the word therefore. And so the reason it's therefore is because Paul is basically saying, okay, now that you have Jesus in your heart... Now that he's residing within you, now that you understand the grace that's happening in your life, here is what your responsibility is as a Christ follower. So we're going to read verses 1 through 16. It is a lot, and I'm going to need a drink afterwards, like this kind of drink, just to clarify. <laughs> water. I'm going to need water <laughs> afterwards. Um, and then we're going to dive into what, what each part of it means, Okay. So starting with verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to be the one hope that belongs to your call one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all and in all but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of christ's gift therefore it says when he ascended on high he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men in saying he ascended what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions in the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all of the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, But I think sometimes when we read a big passage of scripture like that, we're like, okay, I, some of that makes sense to me, but not all of it. How many of you are like, can be like that? yeah?" So we're going to break it down. I think the first thing, because again, Paul has the words, therefore, at the very beginning. The first thing we have to pay attention to is he is saying, okay, now that you know the grace that God has given to you, you have to walk worthy. You have to to walk worthy. And um, it's time to grow up, is basically what Paul is saying. I'm not saying that, Paul is saying it. You can blame it on him. And sometimes Paul gets in our business. And you know what though? Paul kind of uh he kind of earned the right to get in our business because he was radically saved. He knew the grace of God in his life that he did not deserve. He persecuted Christians. But God, but God met him on a road, and an encounter with Jesus changed everything for Paul. And so Paul, therefore, lived his life worthy of the calling. So Paul isn't asking us to do anything that he wasn't willing to do. In fact, he wrote this passage from prison because of his faith. So um, Paul is calling us here, and Jesus is calling us here to walk worthy, to grow up. And it's a tall order, and it is impossible to do on our own. Because how many of you know we all mess up? We all make mistakes. We all have our flaws. And there's just some days that we're like, man, why is being a Christian so hard? Why can't I get it together? But can I tell you, it's probably because you're doing it in your own strength. You're probably um, trying to do things on your own, and you're forgetting that the power of Christ resides within you, and he can enable you to walk worthy. He is able to do far more through you because he dwells in you. In us in Philippians 127 Paul says only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel let your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ let your life be worthy of being called a Christian and part of that um, is How people know that we're living a life worthy is that we're living in unity with one another. And so this is point two. We are called to walk in unity. In verses two through four, Paul talks about the unity that we are called to maintain with other believers. So this isn't a passage directed to you maintaining unity with a non-believer, which is important. But he's specifically talking to the church at Ephesus and saying, hey, now that you Jews and Gentiles... Some of you have become Christians and believers, and you really don't like each other. You really disagree with one another on some things. But now that you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have got to be unified. You've got to lay your preferences down. You've got to grow up, and you've got to walk in unity. And so it's the same thing that Jesus is calling to us today because I believe, and Todd, when he preached a few weeks ago, he talked about this a little, but I believe that if the church can't be unified today, if Christians cannot be unified with one another, we display Jesus really poorly to our world. Why would they want him? Why would they want him if you can't get along? And you all get along. I know you all love and adore each other. But what about that Christian at the other church? They're a part of the body of Christ too. What about that other Christian in your workplace? They're a part of the body of Christ too. And so Paul gives us a manual here on how to keep unity. And these are hard things. But again, God doesn't call us to hard. He always calls us to hard things. God never calls us to easy things. But the hard things that he calls us to, he will equip us to do it. We aren't doing it in our own strength because, I'm telling you, we can't. Because the first thing Paul is telling us to do is he's telling us to walk in humility. And in Paul's day, pride was highly prized. And I would say, really, in our world today, especially here in America, pride is still highly prized, wouldn't you say so? It's all about me, it's all about self-promotion, it's all about, I made my way for myself, even in the church, it can be that way. Um, we get caught up in our own rightness. We get caught up in being right. And a lot of times, it's being right about things that don't really matter in eternity. Humility says that we put on Christ's character, and we put it on display in His truth, and quit trying to push our own personal agendas. Because when we humble ourselves with another Christ follower and quit trying to push our own personal agenda, just like, just like Young Life does. I love their mission of you earn the right to be heard. Um, but really, when you humble yourself you earn the right to be heard with another believer. How many of you um, can say that if, some, if another believer is really pushy, it makes you want to listen to them. It doesn't, right? But when you hear something from a humble person, it makes you perk your ears up because you, they earn the right to be heard in your life. The second thing is gentleness. And you may say, Kim, I am, that is one character trait that would not be said about me. I am not gentle. I'm a bull in a china closet, but God. Um, gentleness responds kindly even when kindness isn't reciprocated that's hard and that's really hard with a fellow believer right how many of you would raise your hand and say I can always respond gentle when someone is mean to me yeah there's no one raising their hands good job because it is hard right when someone is attacking you especially when it's a fellow Christian What do we want to do? We just want to respond in anger and lash out. But again, we aren't called to act like we used to act before Christ. We are called to act like we have Jesus inside of us. That he's like actually living and that he actually is alive in you. We are to take on his character. I earned uh, the award, Most Courteous, in high school. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> I'm like, I would have like wanted Best Dressed or Most Beautiful, but my award was Most Courteous. That's what I'm in the yearbook for. <laughs> but I can say that even though I tend to have a gentler spirit, when I am pushed, especially by family, or by closest friends, it's still hard to respond gently. And it's really hard to be patient. And this is the third thing that Paul is saying we are to do. We are to be patient. The Passion Translation says, With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. And the Aramaic word here literally means stretching. So especially towards those who stretch your patience. How many of you have someone in your life that stretches your patience? Yes. And they might be sitting right next to you. But this is the sermon that you need to hear right here. (laughs) In the moment of tension, we are called to act as Christ would and demonstrate self-control and the wisdom of waiting so what are we to do we are to be unified and how we do that is we walk in humility we walk in gentleness we walk in patience and then the last thing is we are to be eager to be faithful to guard the bonds of peace that the Holy Spirit has created and again this isn't something we do in our own strength the Holy Spirit is the one who creates peace I don't care how peaceful a peace person you are, you cannot generate peace for the whole body of Christ. You just cannot do it. But the Holy Spirit already has. But our job as believers is to guard that. So it's to take ownership of it and say, we as Christians are gonna come together and we are going to guard the bonds of peace that he has created. We are responsible to act in love and reconcile differences with other believers no matter what i don't see paul say any instances here where it's like but if no you are supposed to act in love so sometimes you have to tell the truth in love but it is to be in love not to squash somebody right you're to act in love and reconcile differences with other believers specifically the third point is in this passage in verses 4 through 7 Paul starts talking about spiritual gifts and um, you have to know that you have been given spiritual gifts every single one of you if you are a Christ follower if you have accepted Jesus into your life he has given you specific spiritual gifts that are specific to you we are called to walk in unity We are called to be the body of Christ, which means we are called to be his hands, his fingers, his feet, his toes. Just like our physical body is represented, that's how Paul is painting the picture here. You, as each individual member of the body of Christ, are to represent his body. So, my fingers do not look identical to my toes. Thank the Lord. Like, that would be a problem if my toes were as long as my fingers. I'm sorry if your toes are as long as your fingers, but it would not be okay if my head looked like my foot. Like it would not be okay, right? So I'm being funny, but but Paul is saying God wants you to be unified in the body, but he doesn't want you to look the same. You are each called to fulfill your own purpose within the body of Christ. And in verse 7 in the message it says, But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. And I love that. Out of the generosity of Christ, he purposed you and your seat, whoever you are, with a specific gift that only you can fulfill on this planet. I'm really excited in January, so many of you know we do the Discover Lunch, and we do the membership encounter to help you get plugged into our our body, Um, but in January, we're kind of revamping things, and we're going to be starting a thing called Growth Track, and I love that it kind of goes along perfectly with this passage of scripture, because what we will be doing in that Growth Track, and this is something that's going to be ongoing, is helping you discover your spiritual gifts and helping you um, discover your part in the body of Christ. And so I would love all of you to sign up for it once we get it started. It's going to be really important and important in your growth as a Christ follower. So that's just a side note. But I want you to know that every single one of you who who call yourselves a Christian, you have spiritual gifts, but you're not to hold them to yourselves. And I think sometimes you have a gifting, but you're just keeping it to yourself. Or you're just only utilizing it in your workplace. But God is saying he wants you to use that to benefit the body of Christ. He wants you to use it to bring glory to his name and to make an impact in our world. Um, my point number four is you are called to do the work of the ministry. Now, you notice I didn't say I am called to do the work of the ministry. I am but not just because I'm a staff member. You, in your seat, if you are a Christ follower, are called to do the work of the ministry. In verses 11 through 12, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. So we see here that Christ gives specific spiritual gifts to people in the church whose primary mission is to minister the word of god and to take care of the church Um, these are giftings that aren't created on our own but ones that god appoints and gives certain people a grace for so what does it say the main job of these roles are does it say to do everything in the church and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and the teachers to do everything does it say that what does it say? It says to equip the saints. So who are the saints? It's you, if you are a Christ follower, sitting in the seats. Our job as apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. And I think sometimes there is a misnomer, not in Summit Church, because you all are great. You're perfect. But I think sometimes there's a, mis- a misnomer that, that people think, oh, it's the job of the... I, I tithe, so I pay the pastor to do all the work. That's against scripture. Because I'm pretty sure it says right here the job of the pastor is to be the shepherd and to minister the word of God. But our jobs as staff members is basically to do leadership training. To help you do the work of the ministry. To help you display your gifts so that God's mission is fulfilled. Our job is to nurture and prepare you to do the works of the ministry that you are gifted at, to help you discover your giftings, your talents, that can be on display for the glory of God. There are things that you are called to do and giftings that only you can have that will reveal Christ to others. And I can think of a few examples. Um, I really saw my dad come alive I think it was when I was in high school. I can't remember, it was a long time ago. Um, Exactly, but my dad is a brilliant man. (laughs) Like, he didn't go to college, barely finished high school, but he, like, started building computers, you know, without any knowledge. Like, we didn't have, he didn't have Google back then. (laughs) So, he started building computers and taking things apart and putting them back together and just owned a computer business my whole life and also owned an internet service provider company. My dad is just, he's brilliant. But you know when I saw my dad come alive? Was it when he started using those giftings that God had given him for the church and for the world? So, he started getting connected in our church and started teaching other young men how to build computers he started um, making sure everything in the church that was tech run properly he didn't get paid he just served used his giftings that God had given him he began to go to El Salvador every single year to put in telephone systems and the internet that's when I saw my dad come alive those things brought my dad more joy than making another sale And I will say to you that you have the similar giftings. Maybe you have a gift at event planning or at making things beautiful or um, maybe you're great at systems. I don't know. There are so many things I could name off today, but you have a gifting that God created for you that you could be utilizing to build up the body of Christ. And I think so many times the enemy tricks us into believing that your giftings are useless within the body of Christ. But don't you think that's how the enemy would work? Because I believe that we come alive when we do the things that God has put on the inside of us. I can think of several people in our church who I have seen grow leaps and bounds. But they only started growing and only started maturing when they started serving and they only started applying their giftings for the body of Christ. And number 5 is we are called to grow up and do our part. Again, Paul pretty much says this. I'm not. Put your big girl pants on, put your big boy pants on. So Paul's saying, it's time to grow up. Now that you're a Christ follower, it's time to grow up. And this this means a child who's like children can serve Children can use their giftings. It doesn't matter your age. If you are a Christ follower, this applies to you. In verses 13 through 14, it says, These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God and finally we become one perfect man with the full dimension of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ and then our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teaching or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies that sounds like truth only to pull us into their flock. Christ's design for spiritual gifts is to build up his bride, the church. Now, we can get off track and we can make it about us. And I see that happening in the church world where we begin to make it for our glory, and the Instagram posts with our own quotes start to happen. And I'm not trying to be critical, but I'm saying it's not for our glory, it's for his. And um, sometimes we only want a position that's prominent or that can be stage-worthy. Every part of the body works and is so important. The goal of the entire, for the entire body of Christ, for every single one of you, is to reach maturity. If you are like struggling in your faith and you feel like you're not getting anywhere, that you're just kind of a hamster in a wheel, and you're not really growing in your faith, you're not really applying scripture to your life, it's because you're required to do something. Like, it says not to be hearers of the word, but doers of it. And so, if you're not growing in your faith, and you still find that you're immature in your faith, it's because you're not doing anything with it. Um, the church so often now is treated like a restaurant. Like And I think Paul would have even said this, but he didn't have Facebook back then. <laughs> but it's kind of like if we get bad service at a restaurant, we have no problem letting all of our friends know, putting it on Facebook, complaining about the service we got. Right? Because we want everyone to know, do not go there because they're terrible. But do you know what breaks my heart? I see people, Christians, and I will say Christians because I don't think it's ever in love. Do the same thing to the body of Christ. It hurts, and it's not just because I love this church specifically, but I do love this church. But it hurts me to the core when I see someone write a negative review on Facebook about us. Not for me. I'm like, our people are awesome. (laughs) Like, you said that they're not friendly? I don't know what church you came to. But here's the deal. That's a restaurant mentality of church. That is you coming in the doors, not you, but whoever they are. Coming in the doors and saying, how can you serve me today? You know, like, kind of like being a secret shopper. How can you serve me? How can you make my life better? When instead, Paul is saying, if you are a mature believer, you have to grow up and step inside of the church and in our world and say, how can I serve you today? So you don't like how kids' check-in went today? And I don't know if there were any problems with kids' check-in. You don't like how it went today? Instead of complaining, say, you know what? I want to help. I want to be a part of the solution. Maybe you don't like something about the kids' ministry. Instead of complaining about it and just leaving angry and not coming back, say, how can I be a part of making it? That's what a mature believer would do. And that's what Paul's saying here today. Um, I'm not saying it. Paul is. But (laughs) if you don't like how the coffee tastes today, which... I know, it's crazy, but sometimes people will complain about the coffee. Then say, how can I help make coffee today? We've got to stop complaining about how the church isn't meeting all of our needs and do our part. Paul says that when we are plugged in, when we are growing, when we are maturing, when we are functioning as one body, each using our giftings in the church and in our world, we will grow up. We will mature. The immaturity will end. And here's another thing. We won't be swayed by false teaching. So here's what happens a lot. You get mad about something, other people that aren't here today. You're here today. Other people get mad about something that another Christian said or something they experienced at church. They walk out mad. I'm done with church. I'm just going to watch online. Not even watch online. I'm going to watch evangelist or motivational speaker because they make me feel good. But here's the thing, is when you disconnect yourself from the body of Christ, it's like a hand without an arm. How good is the hand without the arm? You can't, it's, it's impossible. It's the same thing. When you disconnect yourself from the body of Christ, you're basically cutting off your arm and acting like a hand without an arm because you have no accountability in your life and you're not functioning in your full purpose and potential. And you have no accountability to be able to say, hey, what you're hearing may sound good, but it doesn't line up with scripture at all because it says there's gonna be false teachers that that just tickle our ears, right? that just make us feel good. And all of us wanna just, we wanna just hear messages that are like, oh, I feel good today. <laughs> like, but you can go get that from Tony Robbins, right? <laughs> we are to mature. We are to grow. Because when we grow, we are truly living the abundant life that He created you for before you were even born. Does he knit you together? And I believe that you only come alive when you're doing the things that he's called you to do within the body of Christ to bring glory to his name in our world. It's like Mike Moyer. He's leading the Haiti trip this week. You know, he has a full-time job. He has a, I think he's a businessman, you know? But he's using his talents to lead that Haiti team today. And I will tell you that, that he's alive this week. I love how Bill and Sarah Kuchma are passionate about Financial Peace University and how they're coming alive teaching it because, it because they know it made a difference in them. But that's, I think God is just like, yes, you're a part of the body of Christ. You get it. That's what I've called you to do. But each and every one of you are called to something. We also can't get on the track of thinking individually we have to think of ourselves as the body because we can easily begin to compare giftings and say well my gifting's useless because it's not up front or I'm not as hospitable as so and so but God created you with something specific and our giftings aren't to tear us apart but to bring us together and so this is where we have to come with humble hearts and say this is what I believe God's gifted me with how can I serve you Right? Not, I can do it better than you. But how can I serve you? How can my giftings be used to build up the body of Christ? Our diversity is an asset. We each bring something wonderful to the table. And when we come with humble and willing hearts and not out of selfish ambition, we will together build up the whole body of believers. And honestly, I believe this is when the world takes notice Of the church as a whole because we're all the body of Christ no matter where people are sitting in in a Christian church today when we take part and we say what can I do to own my part because you want to get to the end of your life and you want Jesus to say to you and look you straight in the eyes and say I gifted you with this and you honored me with it well done Don't you want your dad to say, well done? Yeah. But you have to remember, he's not calling you to do it for him. I mean, he is calling you to do it for him, but he's calling you to do it with him. He's not calling you to do it on your own. So there's some questions that, well, I'm going to read one last passage and then I'm going to close it out. But in verses 15 through 16 in the message, it says, God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in love he wants us to know the whole truth and tell it to others in love not in hate like christ in everything we take our lead from christ who is the source of everything we do he keeps us in step with each other his very breath and blood flow through us nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in god robust in love he is the source of everything we do, and He will be the one to keep us in step with each other. We, the world will know us by our love. They will know the body of Christ and want to be a part of it if we are all stepping into what He's called us to do and all doing our part. I mean, that is when God can do above all we ask or imagine when we do our part, and we step into obedience. This is nothing. What God is doing at Summit Church, what God is doing in other places around the world, this is nothing. Like we have capped Him so much because there's so many of us still not stepping out and doing what He's called us to do and operating as one body. So here's some questions I want you to ask yourself. Number one, am I living in unity with other believers? And if not, how can I do my part in mend fences? Now again, you're called to just do your part. You're called to respond in gentleness, patience, and a humility. And this doesn't just mean believers here in our church, but it may be your friend at another church that you're in disunity with. Am I living in unity with other believers? If not, how can I do my part and mend fences? Number two, am I using my giftings to further the mission of Christ in my local church and in my world? How can I serve to build the body? And number three, is Christ your source today or are you doing things in your own strength? Let's bow our heads. God, you are so good. You are so faithful and God I thank you for sending your son to die for us so that we could live an abundant life with you a life that you created us for and God we humble ourselves today and we ask you how do we do our part to make your name great how do we do our part to see other people come to know you God, I pray that your presence would just fill this place. I know that it's already here, but God, I just ask that you would move in our hearts today. I pray that you would move in me. I pray that you would move in every person that is in here. God, that our hearts wouldn't be hardened, but God, that we would hear your truth because your truth sets us free. Your truth makes us come alive and it helps us to love other people so much better now with every eye closed and all the heads bowed maybe you're here today and you say Kim I'm not a Christ follower I have been doing things on my own and I know that I know that I'm made for more maybe maybe you don't even know that you're made for more but you want to be made for more maybe you try to do things completely on your own and you know that you need jesus today if you say i need to quit doing things on my own i need to accept jesus as my savior i want to be a part of the body of christ today would you just raise your hand and no one's looking around yeah i see you over here to the left a bunch of yes i see you in the center yes i see you you can put your hands down anybody else today it says i want to be a part of the body of christ i want to quit operating in my own strength. Praise God. Let's all pray this prayer together. Let's repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I choose you today. Thank you for laying down your life for me. Thank you for loving me in spite of everything I've done that hasn't pleased you Jesus I ask that you wash me clean today and I invite you to be a part of my life I want that strength that only comes from you thank you for your grace and your mercy and help me to show others love and display your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate today? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when we surrender and we say, Jesus, I need you. And that's hard sometimes for us. But that's how He wired you. And that's when you're going to come alive. And so if you made that decision today to follow Christ, we don't want you to do it on your own. Again, we want to be the body of Christ. We want you to fill out the card in the seat back in front of you that says salvation. And you can drop it in the offering boxes as you leave today. You can also text the word salvation to 555-888. And um, if you're more comfortable doing it that way, and also if you're watching online, you can respond that way as well. So the word salvation to 555 But I am, um, I'm so thankful for you all. Like Ephesians is hard. Paul is not fun to read sometimes because he's just, I think anytime we're called to be better than ourselves, it's hard. And it's not always fun to preach it. Somebody told me earlier today, Kim, you could get away with saying (laughs) some of the things you said today because you sound nicer. (laughs) But I am excited to see what God's going to do in and through you. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this church, but in other churches as well. Because I believe if we can lay our rights down and we can come together and work as one body, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I am excited for you. I'm excited for what God's gonna do. And I just want you to know that Mel and I do love you so very much. And we really are honored to be your pastors. And um, this is a great place to be. And we're we're never going anywhere unless God like, he'll have to like drag me. (laughs) out of indiana um this is my home and i love you guys thank you